Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of What Are You Talking About? I am so excited today to announce that my guest is Nikki Brazier. You know her, you love her. She is the main sideline reporter for the CrossFit Games and multiple events that come with it. She has been involved in CrossFit media for almost a decade and is a staple to any event. We talk so much about how CrossFit's evolved over the years, where she found her love for it, becoming a coach and a mum and all of the challenges, wins and changes that come with it. I loved chatting with Nikki and it's a really insightful episode. Listen now and let us know what you think. And as always, don't forget to like, rate and subscribe. Enjoy. Nikki, thank you so much for being here. It is so, so nice to have you on the show. How are you? I am good. I am recovering from uh, the trip to Wadapalooza to Miami and the shock of leaving I won't call it sunny, beautiful Miami because it was raining half the time, but it was definitely warm and cozy. And now I am back in the snow of New England and I am like currently sitting in my coat and blanket and space heaters up in my frozen office. So it's uh, it, I'm still in recovery mode, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Everyone that was like, I had obviously, as everyone does, real FOMO about Wadapalooza and then everyone was posting in the rain. I was like, I'm still jealous, but I'm not as jealous. Uh huh. Yeah, that's exactly what John said too. He like he started the weekend and texted me and was like, "I've major FOMO. I should have came." And then I was like, "Actually, it's kind of miserable, and I'm hiding under the bleachers, so you're <laughs> fine. Don't worry about it." But it still looked like such a fun weekend. Like couple of days, a bit of a different role for you this year, working with Morning Chalk Up. Like, how was that for you? How was it all? Yeah, it was awesome. It was really fun. I was thrilled at the opportunity. The um, From what I understand, the broadcast team had a lot of like last minute decisions to make and they like weren't going to have sideline for a while. And then they like, you know, were able to bring on a team where people could kind of like rotate into roles and it just sort of worked out. So um, last minute, uh, Morning Chalk Up asked me to come down and do their like lead their video content. And uh, it's something that I've done. I've been doing that kind of stuff for my whole life and my career, even before uh, the advertising career that I have right now. When I was a journalist, I was an MMJ, so I would always shoot and edit all my own stuff. But it really took me back to sanctionals year. Remember that year we had like 28 events worldwide? <laughs> Everyone had just gotten <laughs> fired from uh, HQ. And I kind of just hustled. I like emailed every event around the world and I was just like, hey, I'm Nikki. I don't know what you guys are doing for coverage of your event, but I totally want to be there. And for most of the events that couldn't afford a real live stream, I just showed up with my camera and my laptop and I was like, what do you need? Do you need social media coverage? Do you need me to uh, record and edit like daily wrap ups or interviews with your athletes? And so it really reminded me of that. And it was so fun. And I will just say that like the morning chalk up team is quite small and they are so dedicated to our sport and our community. They're just really lovely, wonderful people trying to do good work in our space. And it was a great team to be a part of for the weekend. It was so fun. I love that. And it's great because it, it gives, and I was actually having a conversation with someone earlier today about this, that we are so blessed in our sport that we get as much access to athletes as we do mm -hmm. because I don't think there's any other sport in the world that's like that at the moment. I could be wrong. Someone call me out on it, <laughs> but we are so lucky. And it's, it's people like you and obviously like say morning chalk up that allow us to have that. And I want to talk a lot about how you got into CrossFit and everything, because for as long as I've been watching CrossFit, you've been there, it seems. But 
prior to that, obviously you were a journalist. Did you always kind of have that in you? Like when you were growing up, did you always know that this kind of area industry is something you wanted to do? Oh my God, no, no, (laughs) I wouldn't even like love going to the gym. Ew, God, no. I was like a very average worker outer where I'd like go a couple days a week and I would like sit on the treadmill and then I'd do like half an hour of upper and half an hour of long. And I hated it and it was stupid. Um, I played team sports growing up. So I was like always athletic and I danced. I danced my whole life. I was a dance minor in college. I was teaching dance to kids when I first fell into CrossFit. Um, so that was all sort of like, I was still active, but I was never, I never envisioned this being the way that my career went, not even close. Um, so it's a, it's taken a turn, but I love it. And yeah, it's been a while. It's been 2013 was my first season, I think. 13 or 14 first season yeah. on the broadcast with HQ. So it's been a, I'm old now. It's been a long time. <laughs> You're not old, but I love that. How did you, what's your first experience? Because also 2013 was kind of before CrossFit was well known, but yeah. where did, where did you, how did you first find CrossFit? Like personally, not from a broadcast perspective. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. I I had a girlfriend in college who dragged me to a CrossFit class, but I was not ready for that yet. Uh, I didn't really understand it. And it was just kind of like a way for me to hang out with her one afternoon. It wasn't anything that I was really diving into, but when I was first out of college and I moved to Maine, um, to be a, a broadcast journalist, I became really good friends with some of the local firefighters just from having covered covering them on my stories and things like that. And one of them was opening this gym. And when you live in a really small town, um, you know, like new business opens downtown is a newsworthy story. So I went in with my camera and I covered her grand opening and I joined because uh, I was friends with her. And that was really my first experience. There was no on-ramp. There was no like intro introductory set. There was just class because everyone in the area was the very first time that we were all being um, introduced to CrossFit all at once. So it was very organic the way that it first started. And at that time, there was no other gym anywhere. There was no other CrossFit gym within an hour's driving distance. So it was really just this brand new thing that the whole community fell into quite organically. And mm. it was it was really beautiful. Now I look at it and I'm like, oh shit, if I had to do, wait, can I swear on this podcast? Yes, I'm so yeah. sorry. Oh my God. <laughs> Go for oh, it. I should have asked that ahead of time. I'm so sorry. I was like, oh shit, if I, if I had to like walk into a gym and do an intro or do a two week shadow or whatever it may be, like I would have to really plan for that. But back then it was just like, here's our class schedule. Show up. We're all learning everything all at once. You know? It's the best way to be, I think. And yeah. I, it's so, it's actually funny to think of times like that where because now it feels like there's crossfit gyms everywhere yeah. like even i'm at a friend's house at the moment and there's literally one opposite her house i'm like oh there's one there there's one there and they're just yeah. everywhere but going back to a time where you were all new do you think and we talk about community a lot in so many different ways but in a, in a really small town do you think it's like magnified in a place like that um yes and no because Yes, in that it was a new business and it was something different and like, you know, the the town and the community hadn't quite been uh, accustomed to that methodology yet. But no, because I do think that fitness is still such a niche 
And that's part of the mission of CrossFit, right? Is to like make the entire world a fitter place and get more people on board with maybe not necessarily our methodology, but with just moving their bodies in one way, shape or form. So I still think that that kind of news is only going to apply of interest to a certain amount of people or a certain group of people. And so, nah, it wouldn't have been any different if there were a spin gym opening or a treadmill studio opening or something. It was just, you know, the people who were interested, were going to follow along and join up and come check it out. And the others were going to be like, great, I'm going to go do something completely different. It, it, it's one of them things that I think you until you do it, you don't realize how different it is. You know, I think it's one of these sports or classes, etc., that you try and explain to someone so much and like, you just need to do it. You just yes. need to come in and do it because it's the only way. Like, I'm not fit enough. Yeah, but you are. You just you've just got to do it. Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah. And do you feel like even now, all these years later? do you still feel that way? I know you train a lot still now, like are there people that come in and probably don't know who you are in the sense of in the sport and then you're like, you just got to do it. Come on. Uh, All the time. Yes. That has never changed. And actually that's how I fell into coaching, right? I've been coaching since 2011. Mm -hmm. Um, and the only reason that I ever even went out for my L1 or ever even thought that I wanted to coach was because CrossFit made such a profound impact on my life that I never expected that I was so indoctrinated into the like religion of CrossFit and how it changed my life that I wanted to spread the gospel of it. That's why I wanted to coach. And I only wanted to coach on ramp when I first went to the gym owner and I was like, you don't understand how great this has been for me. I want to show other people that if I can do it, they can do it because I was not the kind of person who you would look at and be like, Oh, you definitely train girl. You work out. You'd be like, girl, you are pretty basic in everything that you do. Um, and so that's what I wanted to do. And she was like, yeah, cool, let's do it. And then obviously it quickly, very quickly morphed into like, no, you, you should coach everyone. Um, and the more experienced athletes can get just as much of a value out of your coaching as the new people. But that's the only reason I wanted to do it is because I was like, you have to try it. You just don't get it. Like, I didn't think so either. I didn't really think it would be all that important or impactful, but just the way that it changed my body, the way that it changed my mindset, the way that the, the physical and mental implications had major ramifications on the other things that I was doing outside of the gym, the really difficult tasks that I was facing in life were really put into perspective by what I was able to accomplish in a, a, a imam, you know, for example, mm-hmm. like you think about time so differently, you think about what 60 seconds feels like so differently it just, it totally impacted everything that I was doing. And I was like, the people need to know, <laughs> people need to know that they can do this and that they're going to feel good and they're going to look good and they're going to be happy. And it was all sorts of good stuff. I love that. I love that. And then how did it go from being a coach and a member to being kind of a really key person in the sport? Like, I know it maybe didn't feel like that at the beginning, but for, as I say, anyone who's been doing CrossFit for for five years or less or whatever, you've been a part of it. Every time I've ever watched the games or events, you've been there. How did that come across? Like what, what happened to make you go, oh, I've got broadcast skills, I like CrossFit. Like how did it all come about? 
Do you know what's funny? That's exactly how it happened. Yes. Literally. It was so, everything was so new. CrossFit was new. Um, you know, gyms were not that popular just yet. I was working as a TV news reporter in Maine. Um, and I had seen that CrossFit, I saw CrossFit posted on their Facebook. They were like, Hey, do you have broadcast experience? And like, also, do you know what a snatch is? You should, uh, you know, send us your reel. And at the time, and still currently, this is how it works. Like when you work in broadcast, you always have like a quote unquote reel, like a highlight reel of your best stuff. Um, and broadcast is so <laughs> cutthroat and things change quickly. And everyone's always kind of like looking for their next big break. So you're sort of like always updating your reel and keeping it looking fresh. And so I was like, I know those things. I know both of those things. Um, and so this is how old I am and how long ago this was. We used to ha make DVDs of your, of our reels, right? Like that's when I was applying to colleges, I would like mail out physical DVDs. Do you know what that is, Leah? Do you know what a DVD yeah, is? Yeah, don't you worry. I'm a millennial. I'm a millennial. Okay, you know, I'm, you I'm get it. I'm with you. Uh, the other day, someone asked, my cousin asked us about like playing a, we were like, wanted to buy the Polar Express for our son to watch because he's obsessed with it. And it wasn't available on HBO anymore. And he was like, well, why don't you just buy the hard copy DVD? And we were like, where the fuck would we play it? Do you have a DVD player somewhere? Like, I don't have anything right now that could play it. No, they don't have sleep. Like, I don't have anywhere that could play a DVD because I'm old. Anyway. At the time that CrossFit posted this on their Facebook, um, they, I, for the very first time had uploaded a file of my reel to YouTube. YouTube was brand new. I got to send a link in an email uh, to HQ to be like, Hey, I'm Nikki. Here's my reel. I'm a CrossFit coach. Uh, and I do broadcast and I know what's up. And Sean was like, cool. Do you want to come to regionals? And that's how it was back in the day. He was sort of like the leader of all things broadcast within HQ. And he was uh, our dad, big Sean dad. And he put together our teams and I went to regionals that year and I went to games the next year and kind of just spiraled from there. And you've never left. <laughs> no, and I've never left. Despite some people's uh, best wishes, <laughs> I have never left. <laughs> and I love it. And I, I feel like I've grown and evolved with the sport and I feel like I've really gotten to know a lot of the athletes and key players in this space and feel really lucky that I fell mm -hmm. into it, how I did and when I did. And um, it's been great. It's been awesome. Mm -hmm. I love it so much. You, you can hear it so much in your voice <laughs> and it makes me, it almost makes me emotional because I think there is something so special about it. And there's only, I think, certain people that can capture it and the way you talk about it really captures it. And so thank you for, for sharing. And, and we're already 15 minutes in. <laughs> so much it's happening. Off. Girl, I'm supposed to be the hormonal <laughs> one. Come on now. Yeah, I mean, well, there you go. And it's interesting you say about growing with the sport. And I'm sure this is going to be not very easy to summarize. But what's the biggest difference you've seen in the kind of 10 years that you've been a part of the broadcast space, I suppose, in, the, in CrossFit? That's a great question. Um, probably the sophistication with which we've been able to cover events, that's probably that changed the most uh, in the last 10 years. It was really rudimentary when we first started. Um, and if you ever go back and watch some of the feeds from 2013, 2014, <laughs> you can really see that. I also had 
uh, like black hair at the time. So don't come at me for how that looked. <laughs> um, that, that's been huge. And I think like our community has really evolved. Uh, the methodology itself has obviously evolved. I mean, the standards are the standards and that's always, that's always going to be what defines the CrossFit methodology, but the way that we approach a lot has changed from the top down, right? From within HQ, from how we program in our gyms on a daily basis, from how we view ourselves and how we talk about the community. And and that's all been like a really smart, organic growth pattern, I feel like, because you know, people talk about the good old days where we were like dumb, <laughs> we were like <laughs> stupid, and we were like, you know, Pukey was our mascot. And that was, that is like not really, <laughs> the kind of thing that you want to like promote all that much anymore so we learned a lot as we went but like from a broadcast perspective i do think that we've been able to do a lot more of a sophisticated technical broadcast over the last 10 years uh 10 plus years and that's been really integral in, in finding new ways to tell stories and finding new avenues to get sort of like the the athlete stories out there uh and and the everyday stories too i do i do miss the golden age of the media team kind of like going around the world and telling stories from within the gyms and the affiliates and i hope that we get back there someday but i i do certainly think that in the beginning it was just kind of like you know we're shooting video on potatoes and praying that people are tuning in and now it's like no we know we have a good product we've got great endemic partners. We've been on ESPN, we've been on CBS sports, we've been on, you know, like we've really grown. And um, I know sometimes that might not seem like it and the internet just loves to bitch and complain about absolutely everything out there. And there have been plenty of errors and plenty of technical difficulties and plenty of everything, but the team is truly in the background, like devoting blood, sweat and tears to trying to make it work. And that that is the one thing probably that's never changed. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, when you said about sophisticated it made me think because we had Rory McKernan on the show and he was like I knew it was serious when I got told in my ear that I wasn't allowed to hug the athletes after the oh interview. yeah oh and I got in such trouble a couple times girl Mm-mm. yep <laughs> like no you mm-hmm. might be friends with them but you're not allowed to do that yeah and Rory was the worst about it out of all of us because he had known them for so long <laughs> even before that we had stepped in and he had been part of HQ and so he would always he'd like wait but you'd see it get awkward where the athlete would go in for a hug and he'd be like eh, give him a fist bump or something and you weren't even really supposed to like fist bump you weren't allowed to say good luck you weren't allowed to like do any of that stuff and that's that's true he was the worst. Yeah. One time an athlete flung me over his shoulder when he found out that he won and walked me over to the podium. Well, yeah. <laughs> yep. you wouldn't get that anymore, would you? I was like, I'm gonna get in such trouble for this. Oh my God. <laughs> you can't help it. If someone flings you, someone flings you. That That's is- literally how it went. You can't. I was like, please don't yell at me. I had, I was a sack of potatoes in this scenario. <laughs> there was nothing else I could have done. And I suppose another thing that has changed a lot is the the amount of athletes we get that go mm. through all these stages and there's new people every year. From a like broadcast prep perspective, has it gotten like do you feel it's gotten harder over the years to to keep up? Because as you say, there's a lot of changes that go on anyway throughout the season and things, but just the sheer number of athletes and you know, you're not even I think from kind of 
three, four, five years ago when Matt and Tia were winning every single event. And now there's right. like a different right. person winning events. Every, totally. Yes. Every uh, test. So has that changed and gotten harder over the years as well? Yeah, I think it's been, it, it, it got hard uh, like 2017-ish and it's stayed hard since then. <laughs> and back then for many, many years, I was really focused on um, the teens and the masters. So for a long time, I was like, that was sort of my bread and butter. And at games, I was really focused on them. And there are so many of those athletes from all over the world whose names are hard to pronounce, who you maybe they don't even have social media presence. Like it's hard to do digging because before any event, we all do research. And before most events, I actually reach out to most of the athletes that I think are going to have interesting stories or maybe stand atop the podium just so I have a couple things to talk about in the first day or two of competition. Um, and that, that has gotten, that has been hard to do probably since like 2017, 2018. Um, but it's certainly evolved in that, like you said, the, the number of people coming into the sport, the number of different divisions that we have, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to keep up with people. And now that CrossFit is continuing to globalize, it's hard to, you know, connect with them in all regions of the world. Um, and also like I have a different life now than I had 10 years ago. And I devote less time to doing that as my career. So yeah, it's hard. I do a lot of cramming on the airplanes when I travel. It is a great place. There's not much else to do. Yeah. Except uh, I'm now reading the fourth wing series. And so that's uh, all that I did on my flight back from Miami. I got stuck in the airport for like 12 hours and I was like, that's fine. I need to read this book. I saw your Instagram stories. Everyone I know is reading it and I'm such a book nerd, but I can't bring myself to do it. <gasps> you have to. I don't want to give in to the, no, you have to. the societal you pressure. Have to. Do it. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. And then we can talk about it. I'm like a hundred pages. I've got a hundred pages left of the second book okay. and then I'm going to need an emotional support group. Uh, I, can I can introduce you to my book club. Don't you worry. <laughs> yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> and it's funny because you've said, you almost segued for me by saying you have a very different life now because I wanted yeah. to talk about this. I think many people will remember, correct me if I'm wrong on the years here, but the 2021 CrossFit Games, you were pretty much nine months pregnant, right? Oh, girl. Like, it, yeah. Oh, and I was... 37 38 weeks at games uh-huh and I remember watching and it was it was really nice actually as a, a fan because you kind of followed your pregnancy journey through the season <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> yeah uh, you were like at regionals or at what was it semi-finals you were like this big and now we're in August and you're this big totally totally and there are not many people that would do a live broadcast for five six days uh at that that, that level of pregnancy <laughs> That's, yeah, right. fair. that's totally fair yeah. so and again it shows how passionate you are and how much you love your job but your life has changed dramatically but doing that I just want to like regroup to that because it was that we had had a kind of a year off the grand scale of games because of COVID we're back everything's fresh how do you deal with a broadcast of that scale and at that time when you are that heavily pregnant like how did you do it Are you stuck at a plateau and without a recent PB? Mergs has you covered. Bringing you the highest performance CrossFit and weightlifting equipment on the market, Mergs is your secret weapon to set a new best. Whether that's knee sleeves, grips or tape, 
Mergs has everything you need to stay protected and performing. Head over to mergs.com now and save 15% on all orders with the code WAD15. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, I would do it again 100%, but it was not without its challenges for sure. Um, I I didn't really have a year off either, remember, because in 2020, I went to Aromas for yeah. what I like to call the weird games, right? Like the weird 2020 <laughs> yeah. games, just five athletes. Yeah. And we were in a bubble and I wasn't even allowed to leave the bubble to go to the Starbucks drive through. And I was like, you guys are trying to kill me. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, in, in 2021, I was really determined to work and live and just be until I felt like I couldn't. And I was truly blessed. And I don't use that word a lot, um, but I was truly blessed to have a very easy pregnancy. And so I felt good. And I had clearance from all my doctors. They were like, you know, we, we can't say it's what we would recommend in terms of getting on a plane uh, at 38 weeks pregnant, but you certainly, you know, have no issues that we're worried about. I had notes from people in case the, air the airlines were like, I'll tell you what, I've never been more enraged than I was at different <laughs> times around going to the games when I was, um, when I was pregnant. Cause a lot of people questioned me. A lot of people questioned whether or not I was capable or could or should for my health. And I was like, not for anyone else to fucking decide not for anyone else to fucking question, not for any, especially a lot of guys were like, are you sure you're Obviously. okay to, and I was like, you, I'll tell you where to put it. Like, please, you know, for me and my medical professionals to decide and for my husband to help me decide. And, um, you know, I had a lot of support and so that was great. But yeah, I had like notes from my doctor. I had like, you know, a lot of airlines like quote unquote, won't let you fly after a certain number of weeks. And I was like, fucking try me i dare someone to walk up to me in the airport and ask me how many weeks i am i dare you like rude no way and i was just like on oh, i was so upset i was like you're gonna let like a you know severely overweight person with a cardiac issue and a million health problems fly but not me because i'm very pregnant like, don't we have the same risk factors and like what could happen in the air? I don't know. Anyway, so I had a lot of, I had a lot of, like, I dealt with a lot of BS that really yeah. upset me at that time. Yeah. Um, but I had clearance to go. I mean, we were, we were doing everything really safely. I had the medical team was all very well aware of my scenario in case I needed any extra help. Um, we had a broadcast plan where uh, if, like, if there were ever any, crazy weather conditions and outdoor events that were like only in the sun and I had no shade and I was overheating and that was dangerous that we had, you know, Mike would take over those and I would take over something else. But that also wasn't really a concern. Like people, people live in Wisconsin and are pregnant and are outside yeah. on a daily mm -hmm. basis. So it's like, um, it was really okay. I was just truly the hard part for me was I was tired, but, um, I got really sick at games, not COVID. And I got tested there multiple times yeah. um, and they were very concerned for me and it was sweet, but I just, I got a, I had a sinus infection and it was a fucking nightmare because even you're pregnant, you can't take anything. Like I couldn't take any Sudafed, I couldn't do whatever. 
And then I had to, it was toward the back half of the week. And then I had to fly home. And I don't know if you've ever flown when your head already feels like it's going to burst. Like mm-hmm. that mixed with, <clears throat> I have a lot of anxiety as a, as a person. I had really heightened anxiety with my pregnancy hormones. And I had about seven weeks of really awful postpartum anxiety that was just like, thank God for therapy and you know, wonderful tools to help people cope with that stuff. But that really kicked in, like all that bullshit kicked in when I was like 38 weeks pregnant and flying home from game sick um, with a sinus infection. So that that was the roughest part for me. But everything while I was working was was really fine other than I was sweaty and my feet were swollen. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only time my whole yeah. 40 weeks that my feet were swollen was that week. Of course, always going to be And I, like, I remember watching and being like, oh, she must have like a while left then because like, as you said, like it's, it's not. And then I remember like seeing on Instagram, like literally a week later that you had your baby. I was like, oh, <laughs> she was really pregnant. Oh yeah. I came home on Monday. I was induced on Thursday. Wow. Yeah. It was, I like didn't even have my suitcase unpacked yet. It was wild. And I remember asking, I was like, listen, I still have this head cold. Like, I kind of feel like shit. Like I just got back from travel. I wanted a whole nother week to train my replacement at work. Can I just kind of just wait a few more days? And they were, uh, they were worried about the baby seeming like he might be kind of small. And so they were, and he, and he was for what it's worth, but also had they like left him in my belly for two more weeks, he would have been bigger, whatever. Um, so they ended up inducing me and they were like, no, you like actually need to come in and have this baby. It's like, great. No problem. Let's there do you this. Go. <laughs> Best form of recovery, right? Right. Yeah, it had to be because <laughs> it had no choice. <laughs> uh, and as you say, your life changed. And I just, I want to touch on like fast forward a year. It must've been again, correct me if I'm wrong on the, on the dates, but I remember you posting about breastfeeding at the games and there was a, yeah. a picture that you shared on Instagram and you know I said to you before this I'm not a mum I don't you know I'm nowhere near that in my life but there was something about it and I was just like that's the best thing I've seen in a long time because again not many sports allow for that and I'm not necessarily allow but you don't see it and the fact that you'd shared it and you posted about it and it, everyone being supportive and wonderful how was then like a year later that experience at the games as a new mom with all these kind of other changes in your life and everything how was that a year later it was the best games I've ever done it was so fun having my family there um and it was so it was so stressful balancing everything (laughs) out um, but it was the it was the best time ever that I've had. And I think what is interesting is like, like I have a, a little, a small platform, right? In comparison to a lot of the other people, but like most of the people that chime in on my platform, like it's, it's like grown very organically over time and they really want to be there. And so that I, you're right, I was feeling like a lot of support from the people who were just like either like, yes, thank you for talking about this or like, yes, thank you for sharing. And for what it's worth, like the, the staff gave me like space, (laughs) they gave me like a room or they gave me like whatever I needed, but that just didn't always work out timing wise. It just didn't. And you know, any, any parent will know that like when your kid is under one, like when they're hungry, they're hungry. It just is what it is. So we made it work. Um, 
but I loved, I loved the conversations that it was opening up. And I, I think what's even more important to recognize is that there were so many athletes doing the same thing and it is still happening and nobody sees it like that year at semis, just a few months before the games, when Hunter was, I don't know what I even remember, like nine months or something. There was an athlete at semis with us in Tennessee who was nursing twins who were younger than Hunter. And she was like, I saw her sitting on the floor, like in the athlete area. And I was like, please come to my room. Cause I had a room where I could shut the door and nurse Mm -hmm. and it was just insane to me. And she wasn't the only one. And it happens at games every year too. Like there are always athletes in, in the elite division and in the team's division, like in the masters that are, that are nursing kids. And it is literally someone leeching off of your body and your energy and your everything. And I don't think that we even talk about it or recognize it enough because you know, I had like so many beautiful, wonderful, supportive comments and all this praise for like trying to be a mom and work. And I'm like, there are women out here who are like winning <laughs> and still nursing their kids. And I don't understand it. Cause after a nursing session, I'd be like, Ooh, I need a nap and a snack. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm going to go like be one of the fittest people on the planet. So that, that I just feel like is the bigger gateway is opening that conversation into the women who are like, not only balancing out uh, having a kid and surviving, having a kid and working, mm-hmm. having a kid and being an elite athlete, like it's all these things uh, that, that are really worth recognizing, truly. Yeah. And we, I feel like we've been, it's been talked about a lot more in the last year because of Tia, because she's doing sure. it, and every, yep. which is amazing, and we should be opening that conversation. But as you say, like, it's been happening for years. Yeah. And actually, probably more so before there was all these like youngins that are coming up from the team division. But it has been happening for so long. And I love that you recognize that and talk about it as well. And obviously, you're expecting again now, which is super mm-hmm. exciting. How, how are you managing? You wear so many hats and you have so many different roles in your life. Like, how are you managing this prep with an almost two-year-old yep. and, and a, a one on the way? two almost two and a half because yeah. think of like games he was turned to right after games uh, actually yeah. we were at games this year when he turned to <laughs> there you go yep um i am tired <laughs> <laughs> i am this pregnancy is kicking my butt every pregnancy is different and my first one was so easy and this one is like way harder um i was just like sick a lot in the beginning which i never was with hunter and i'm nobody tells you for your second kid that you get so much bigger so much faster. So like at games, like I don't remember at games pregnant feeling really uncomfortable other than like my feet, you know what I mean? But I still have like two and a half months in this pregnancy and I am fucking done. I am uncomfortable. It is bullshit. I don't know how I'm gonna do the next like 10 weeks or so. Um, but here I am. So it's just, it's been a lot. <clears throat> the end of the year was really tough. Q4 is my really, really busy period at work. Um, I had to take on a lot of extra responsibility. Uh, we were down a person. And then, you know, the holidays were just so magical because uh, having a toddler is like 
perfect for the magic of of the holidays but it's a lot of work on parents it's a lot of mental load usually on moms not i'm not gonna like you know shame dads or anything but it is usually like on moms to create a lot of that magic in and around the home so it was a really busy rough end of the year and i think i'm still kind of coming down from all of that uh, i just have to totally switch gears into being like how do we <laughs> make a nursery again. <laughs> now that I'm through the holidays, I actually have to focus on like making a human, yeah. producing a human. Um, we use it as such an excuse, don't we? Like after the holidays, after the holidays, and you're like, it gets there and you're like, oh. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. That's how I feel. Like I haven't really thought about like my whatever birth plan. That's a, such a stupid phrase, but um, now I'm really there and I kind of have no choice. So I have a weird thing in this pregnancy where if I get, well, it, it happened in my first one too, actually. It's a weird thing for me, I guess, where if I get too cold, my nipples just really hurt. <laughs> it's so dumb, but they hurt so bad. Like they hurt so bad that I can't think straight. Yeah. And you're like, I this mean, is not, really, stupid. I can't relate, but I can imagine. Yeah. It's just dumb. Yeah. <laughs> it's like of all things that are happening, like, I already can't, like, sit up. <laughs> like, I already can't engage my core. Like, that's the, the thing that that's we're going to add to this, for God's sake. Yeah. Yeah. I so actually dumb. saw an Instagram reel the other day that was something like, you go to your doctor and you tell them about things that are wrong in your pregnancy, and they're like, yeah, that's normal. That's normal. A hundred percent. Oh, yeah. Everything is normal. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of people sent that to me, where she was like, one leg is growing longer than the other, and your OB's like, mm-hmm. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, pregnancy is hard. Yeah. <laughs> Matt likes to say, and and I sometimes want to punch him in the face, but it's true. He likes to say, pregnancy is as hard as it possibly can be without killing you. Like, like evolutionarily speaking, like that's how we've been able to progress as a species, right? Is like reproduction has become so incredibly difficult and trying that mm -hmm. only the strong survive, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, I love that for me. <laughs> Great. Well, it so you make you makes you stronger at all? Kind of, yeah. Maybe, that's maybe the philosophy, yeah. <laughs> and you're due April, right? Around springtime. Yep. yep. How kind of CrossFit wise, do you know like what does your season look like? Are you like have you got a plan yet? <laughs> so you don't have a birth plan, but do you have a plan yeah. for <laughs> actually yes, that's a great question. <laughs> yes. Um I'm guessing I'll sit out of semis this year. Um if if asked, I, I told Matt the other day, I was like, well one of the semis is like the first weekend of June. We could kind of consider it if we wanted to drive somewhere. But I probably should just sit out of semis because I'll have a two month old. Um, and, you know, they eat sometimes at that age, they want to eat like every 20 minutes and it's just it would be too hard. Um, I would love to I never I never, ever, ever, no matter how many years I'm doing this season or receive it season, I never say that I'm going to be at a competition until like my plane tickets are booked because you never know. Stranger things have happened. Um, and I never know if this is the year that they're just like, nah, we'll just go with someone else, which would break my heart, but it is entirely possible. So 
if I get asked back to games, um, we will go as a family and we would be stoked to go and to bring Hunter back and to bring the new baby and bring a babysitter <laughs> to help Matt and be an extra set of hands because um, I'm really not fun to be with when we're working events because I'm just constantly slammed. Like when we work broadcast events, we're working like 14 hours a day. If we're not on camera, we're in meetings. There are not a ton of breaks. So I'm not like, I don't get to like hang out and have a good time. So we'll bring, we'll bring someone to help him be like an extra set of hands. And yeah, he'll just, you know, he'll, he's had access previously so that he could like bring me the baby like when I'm back in the broadcast area or sitting on the goddamn sideline like figuring out the baby's hungry he needs to eat so it just kind of is what it is but um that would be the plan if I get asked back to go all together and and have a blast we're really like we are creating some like really special life memories for us when we are able to do that kind of thing it's great how Does Hunt, is Hunter like aware of what's going on? Like, does he get it? Like, does he know that these people are like working out? Like, I feel like at that age, you must watch and just be like, hmm, this looks, what's going on? Yeah, he has a little, so kind of, yeah. I mean, we take him to the gym with us most days, right? He's at the gym like maybe four days a week with us and maybe five. And he has a little barbell that he likes to play with. I actually just bought him a little like med ball because he keeps trying to pick up like the eight pound med ball and it's too big and awkward for him. So I bought him a little one um, and he does burpees. He likes to like, kind of like hop into class a little bit here and there, but he's two. So he really just wants to sit and watch his iPad and have a snack. And I don't blame him because that sounds like more fun. Fun. <laughs> doing burpees. Um, but yeah, so he totally gets that. I don't know if he really, he doesn't really get it like at competition because he doesn't, he's still too young to really like sit and watch. And actually at games last year, this was funny. Um, he's around the same age as Brent Fikowski's daughter. And at one point I had a break and I like went up to the stands to find them. And Matt was standing in the concourse up the stairs <clears throat> and there was a woman and another little kid and Hunter and they were all just running up and down the concourse back and forth. And he was like, well, this is um, Brent Fikowski's daughter and Hunter, and they're now friends, and they're just going to sprint. And I felt so bad for his poor wife. I was like, I'll stay here if you want to watch them for a little bit. Like, do you want to go watch your husband be at the CrossFit Games? Like, the kids just would not sit to watch the heats. Yeah. So it's a, little, it's a little bit of both. But I am hoping as he gets older that, um, you know, I'm hoping he falls into it a little bit or at least is encouraged to move his body however he wants. I don't think I'll ever care. People joke to me all the time. They're like, games 30, 35 or whatever. And I'm like, sure. Yeah, if he wants to CrossFit, if my kids want to get into what we do, that's great. Um, but if they don't, I also don't care. And if they mm-hmm. want to play other sports, cool. If they just want to be like big nerds and play video games, cool. Like I, I have no real skin in the game one way or another, but I just do want them to value their... Uh, physical capabilities, whatever those may be, and, you know, lead, mm-hmm. lead healthy lifestyles. That's a really good way of putting it. Oh, well, thank you so much. I'm going to throw some quick fire questions at you now, Shoot. which yep. I say every time they are never that quick. However, I feel like as a journalist, you might, you might nail it. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, favorite lift? 
Uh, clean, power clean. Nice. Favorite overall movement in CrossFit? Say, say that one more time. Favorite overall movement in CrossFit? Favorite overall movement? Also the power clean. <laughs> I'm oh, two for two. Love that. Favorite benchmark wad? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, are you also going to ask about hero wads or can I give you a hero wad? You can give me a hero wad. I kind of class them as benchmark wads. Uh, Glenn. Yeah. And uh, if you could build a dream team to go to the games, past or present athletes, you can be in the team however you like. If you could build a dream team, who would you have in it? Dang. Okay. Um, like to win the games? Like if I could build the dream team to win the games? Yeah, or just to go, just for fun and good vibes. Cool. I mean, I would okay. say win, but I, I like a good vibe team. I think they're the real winners. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Okay. So I think I would put a whole bunch of like my favorite OG people together who, I don't know if they would win, but I think I would really like to watch them mm -hmm. uh, and watch them do their thing. So I think like I'd put Rich on there, right? Like he's the original OG winner. God love him. He's just so, so great as a person. I'd put Annie on there because even though she's still a today athlete, she's still an OG in my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I put both Annie's on there. How's that? Yeah, I'll put Annie, I'll put, um, Annie Thor's daughter on there and I put Annie Sakamoto on there That's and just kind of have that be, we would just call it team Annie and Rich would mm -hmm. just be in the background. And then I don't know, I'd pick like one more OG guy who was really fun to watch, like maybe like a Jason Kalipa mm -hmm. kind of guy, maybe like a Dan Bailey back yeah. when he was competing. Huh. Maybe even like a Chris Spieler has always yeah. been so fun to watch. That's what I would do because I, I do think that they have a chance to still like rack up points, but they would be mainly fun mm -hmm. to watch, especially if you've been in the space for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the legends competition at Rogue is my favorite. It's my favorite part. A hundred percent. Yes. So I fun to watch. Love it. I'm like, come on, elites, carry on. <laughs> you yeah. can go yeah. now. I love that. And uh, as, as a, someone who has broadcast at so many amazing CrossFit events over the years, I am going to throw in one that I don't ask everyone. Ooh, okay. What is your favorite event outside of the games? Uh, but within the games season or I no? Would, yeah, within, within CrossFit and within the year, but outside of the actual games. Good ones, yeah. So hard to pick. Um, man, I have like seven answers. If I seven, that's fine. Okay. Well, I think I think Wadapalooza is probably one of the most fun events. Mm -hmm. Just like like easy access to athletes, very chill vibes. Like it doesn't feel so serious. Um definitely feels like a party definitely feels like a festival there's that i think for me um one of the best experiences i've ever had was going to dubai for that competition is just such a unique part of the world and it's so beautiful and the people there are so loving and it was not the type of experience that i was expecting i was lucky mm -hmm. to go there for three years and it was just unreal like the the way that they incorporate what they have there with the ocean and with the desert and with the whatever into the competition, the, the indoor skiing area that's like inside of a mall. It was, it's crazy and really unique in and of itself. And I've always really loved going there. Um, 
but then like some of my some personally some of my favorite moments come from maybe smaller competitions that are just like run by people who are really wonderful really well put together events so like i really think about the mac and the syndicate crown like those are events where the team who puts them together are so skilled at what they do and they're so buttoned up the event runs so well so just like as an experience as being a part of it it those are some of my favorites because they're just so easy to be in you just really feel like Mm -hmm. you're in a family and you just really feel like things are popping off the way they should but if i look back into the history of my events my favorite all-time event that i have worked was regionals madrid 2018. no regionals berlin 2018. those were two weeks apart so it's it's Mm -hmm. they're both kind of up there but i think i think in berlin in 2018 i had just been doing this long enough where i was really starting to fall into step with my process and the community in europe it was one of the very first times that i had a chance to really experience like the European CrossFit community, and it is so special. And I just, I'll never ever forget, I had this moment of like walking out onto the competition floor and it was like preheat and the music was crazy and the lights were crazy and the crowd was crazy. And I was just in the middle of the floor about to speak. And I was like, this I think is truly what I'm meant to be doing. And I'll never forget that. That was a long time ago. And I was like, this is like, I'm in my zone. And I feel mm-hmm. really happy here. And that was important. So that was my favorite event. I love that. Well, Don't thank really you. really long answer. I'm so sorry. Oh, I told you they're never that quick. Oh, <laughs> no. no, you're right. You're totally right. But I love that. It's such a great answer. And you're right. Yeah, it's a very special thing, this CrossFit community we have. Um, so thank you, Nikki, for, for sharing. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I hope, hope our paths cross again soon. Me too. Are you coming to any events in the upcoming season? Do you know? pending (laughs) okay we'll see we'll see how it all works out yeah yeah but thank you so much